Oh my goodness. Woo! I tell you what, that stirs me up just watching that. That's, that's part of the Generations Christian Church family right there. I bring you greetings from our sister church in Mathari North. Well, 20 years ago, we started to partner with this organization. And uh, Mary Kamau, who's the director, she, she saw the slums in Kenya. And she said, you know what, I'm a, I'm a teacher and we're just going to do something about this. And she brought about 50 kids in her very first year into one classroom, 50 kids. And we just got back. I was in Africa for 11 days. Incredible time. I took some folks uh, from generations that wanted to be on that trip and God put that team together. We had an incredible time seeing what God has done in 20 years. 25,000 kids now in school. 32 schools and churches planted from the work that they have done together. And we have, like, churches all across this country partner. And our church, we've got one that that's who we are. Like, that's a, this is a picture of us in, a, in front of a hut. And uh, when we were there on the trip, we met with Mary. Uh, that's Mary there standing to Jennifer's left. Mary said, do you guys want to jump on, a, on, on another plane and go to Tanzania? And when she said another plane, I interpreted that as a smaller plane, <laughs> right? right? And we did. We, we came up to this area in Tanzania, and that's Maxwell right there standing in the center. And um, this young man, he, he's just a normal kid who went to college to be a teacher, and the only difference is he charges his cell phone now with a solar panel, okay? And that's his hut that, that he lives in. In 2021, there was no school in this community for any kid. And uh, water's very difficult to find. And Mary traveled up to this region, and there was a young girl there who's about 10 years old who had been sold into marriage and was never going to go to school. And Mary said, no, nah, we're not going to do this. And so she went to the husband of that girl and to that girl's father and arranged for that girl to be put in a school. And that girl's now uh, in seventh grade, fully caught up on her studies. There's a school in this community now with over 400 kids at it, all being fed three meals a day and being taught that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, that Jesus loves them. And it was an incredible, amen, amen. Amen. And so uh, I, I want to I show you a, a picture of Boaz. This is Boaz and his family. Boaz has been the, sen he's been the senior pastor of this church in Mathari North for 12 years. So the last time I went, I saw Boaz and I hugged him before I left. And I said, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for loving this community. Boaz lives right here in this community, raises his kids and loves that church and is so respected for the work that they're doing. And the first time I was in Kenya with our missions partner there, we, we support uh, lifelong missionaries that are there. We support the church that's there. I, I saw great work and I saw some kids and some, I mean, I'm telling you, you know, like 50 kids in a classroom. They, 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 these kids are like on top of each other and they're so excited to sing for us and they're, they're learning, man. They quote the Bible and I'm seeing all this. They took me by the hand back out into an alleyway and they showed me uh, just a, a one kind of like patch of ground. And uh, they had asked at that time Generations Christian Church to help purchase that land. Even in the slums of Nairobi, Kenya, land is a very expensive. It was $60,000 to purchase this just kind of one little patch of ground. And so uh, when I walked in on this trip, I walked into the ground floor of a building and there was a plaque there on the wall. 
Uh, Chris Haas, who's on this trip, who's been many times before, attends here, was with me. We got our picture taken next to this plaque, and you can see Generations Christian Church right there, where we had dedicated the money for just the land. That building today is five stories tall and has 1,200 kids in it. They've rented uh, smaller buildings across the way, and they looked at me and they said, hey, can we do it again? (laughs) I said, yeah, we can. We can. We will. We'll do it again because it's such a blessing to partner with them. Uh, there are 1,200 kids in that school, and that's our school. That's, when we visit, uh, they're like, welcome home generations. And I know the name of uh, the teachers at that school and social workers at that school. And there are currently today 408, 408 kids who are not sponsored. And it's, I'm, 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 I'm choked up because I'm just excited about it because I know who we are as a church. I know that we love Jesus. I know that we understand what Jesus said about the gospel to take it from Jerusalem to Judea to the ends of the earth. And we love doing that. You guys have always done that because we're sponsoring all those other kids. There's a lot of kids there that are sponsored. 408 kids, so one of the things that we're going to be taking on, I took mama with me on this trip. And so, you know, mama's involved now, my wife, Jennifer. So she's like on a mission. (laughs) But before the end of the year, uh, we're going to be working on ways to easily let you engage and as a church sponsor those 408 other children so they get new uniforms, their family gets blessed, the whole family gets medical care. It's amazing. So Generations Christian Church, on behalf of the church at Mathari North, thank you. And um, greetings to you from brothers and sisters who love Jesus. And uh, they just got done singing to him about seven hours ago, right? And it was a great service, I'm sure, because it was great last week when I was there. Uh, We're going to dive into a message today that is so, I'm just pumped about it. Here's why. Uh, Because I've been preaching it for about six months. I've been preaching this message in different small little circles for six months. It's found in the book of Psalm. Psalms 133. Psalm 133, it's just three verses long. I know this uh, verse from Bible College is a song that we would sing when we would go to a Wednesday night kind of uh, our, our student union worship time. We would just sing the first part. Oh, how good. How blessed it is when brothers dwell together in unity. Psalm 133. I've been preaching this message to our staff. I preached this message to our staff two times. I preached this message to uh, our elders. We, we met as elders and we went over this text and talked about it. And our elder text thread, which is vibrant every single day, we've talked and quoted this verse. I preached this message actually at the small group leaders retreat not too long ago where all of our small group leaders gathered to get ready for this incredible season, this fall launch, 10 weeks of small groups. Here we go. I, I preached this message there. I wrote this letter, this message in a letter to the church. I send out a quarterly letter every quarter, four times a year. I send a letter to the whole church. You should have gotten that. If not, you know, fill that card out, right? Give us the right address this time. Not your old one. Come on. Um, I I put this message because God has just been putting it on my heart, putting it on my heart. And today, uh, we're going to bring this message to you, the whole church, because it's it's a timely message. Oh, how good it is when brothers dwell together. In, in unity. Psalm 133, I want to talk to you today specifically about the unity that God's called us to in three ways. Unity in groups, unity in strategy, unity in heart. Unity in our groups, unity in strategy, and unity of our hearts. Here's what 
the NIV translation says it this way, verse one of Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. God is going to transform lives over the next 40 days through our content. When, we're gonna, when God's people come to him and say, hey, we're gonna talk about prayer, like just get ready for the earth beneath you to shake. We're talking about radical transformation and all of our groups are going to be diving into this. And what we simply want is unity in groups. And I believe so much in this throughout the entirety of the word of God, from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. It is a book of prayers of people who pray, who are marginalized, people who feel less than worthy, people who feel the farthest from God, people who are frustrated, people who are angry, people who are afraid, people who are excited, people who are thankful. It is the heartbeat of humanity and every experience that we have to cry out to a God and say, would you find me in my situation? Would you, would you speak clearly to me in the problems that I have in my life? Would you guide me and navigate me in a way that I know that you're real? He's gonna do this for us as a church. He, is, he wants to do this for you in your life. He wants to help you navigate your junior year in high school. Our young kids sit down here if you don't know that, some of them, our high schoolers. This is for you guys. 40 days of prayer will change your life. This is for some of you that can't remember high school, right? <laughs> some of you are still trying to forget it. 40 days will change your life. We're actually going to be going through a book and a sermon series. So on Sunday, I'm going to preach messages about prayer and specific aspects of prayer. Uh, Rick Warren and Saddleback Church did this a number of years ago as we were looking for something that would just really pull our church together and get us on the task that Jesus left us with and change your life, your story, your family, your job. Nothing compared to this study, 40 Days of Prayer. There's an incredible book that goes with it. We've got enough for about 10 of you here. Uh, we didn't buy a lot of them because you can go and get them on, um, I think, Pastor Resources, Pastors, PastorsResources.com. Did I get close? <laughs> Something. I'm sure there's a link on our website, people, okay? Uh, it's out there, as Carol said, in Google land, right? It's out there. So you can get one of these. You've got plenty of time. Amazing book. It's going to guide us through it. And church, like this is a season for us to have unity on groups. If we will come together as a church and say, there's lots of things we could do. There's tons of good ideas, but we've got to have just one. This is the one. And when we get together and start praying, God is going to shake the foundations of our individual lives and what we thought could happen. And he's going to shape the future of our church because we're going to cry out to him. So what we're asking for is a unity in groups. And I want to read to you the rest of this Psalm, just a section of it. Because maybe you've heard that first part, how blessed it is when people dwell together in unity. There's a description in the word of God of what that looks like. It says this in verse two, it is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. 
It's this beautiful picture where God says, if we can have unity in areas, if we can have unity and togetherness and cohesiveness, and we're all in one thing together, you know what it's like. It's like this. It's like someone being anointed with oil. There's a specific person in here that's anointed with oil. Aaron. Aaron is Moses' brother. He is the first high priest of the, the people of Israel. God calls Aaron to, to run the temple, to run the worship that happens, to run the church. God says in this passage, man, if, if we could have unity, it would be so blessed, it would be like this, an anointing on the church. That's what Aaron represents. An anointing on God's vehicle in the world for light and goodness and salvation. It would be like an anointing on that. And matter of fact, anointings start on the head. So if, if the head, if the leadership, the, like the elders would have unity, it would be like the unity of the church being anointed with oil and then coming down over the whole church like a sweet dew that's just falling on Mount Zion. God says, I want unity in my church. And so we're calling for total unity in groups. And because of that, I, I've called dear friends up and I'm like, hey, you're gonna be in a small group and we all have just seasons of life. And I've had friends say, well, you know, we're in a season, I'm in a season. And, 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 I, and I get that. And so uh, we've come up with some ways just to make sure that we take every obstacle away from anyone that wants to be in a group. Uh, one is I'm gonna be running a small group, it might get to be a larger group that breaks into smaller groups in this room uh, or in the cafeteria at 6 a.m. on Wednesdays, live. Anyone can come. I think it says men's on the slide. It's, it's, it's anyone. We've got tons of people that want to come because they're not doing anything at 6. We're done at 7 o'clock here on the road. I know what it's like to leave at 7 a.m. and get somewhere in the city. I could just about do it. So 6 a.m. on Wednesday, if you're like, I can't come to that. I can't come to that. We've got some online Zooms that are happening at lunch times that you can be a part of. If you can't come to that, we've got some Zoom options that are happening on weeknights. We've got four small groups. I see some of those leaders right now that I've personally asked, would you be a small group leader? And they're like, yeah, but will anybody come? And I'm like, yeah, God's gonna send people. They're, they're, they're right now saying, we're willing, we're willing to open our home on this night, this night, this night. And so church, we want unity in groups. You know, we're walking around the, the slums of Mathari. Literally, I've got video of I'm walking and there's a waterfall, but it's a sewer waterfall. And there's a child the size of my grandkid who's got no adult supervision, like six inches away from a five foot plunge into a sewer water drain. And we get back and we're, there, there's the group of us that are there, there are eight on the trip. We're debriefing and there's anger, there's questions, there's all kinds of like, I got, how can this exist? Oh, look at the poverty of this moment. Every culture has poverty. Sometimes when we, we grow close to Jesus, he shows us what our poverty is. What our group started to realize was there's poverty in the slums of Kenya. They don't have the water we have. They don't have the resources we have. They don't have the just man's currency of wealth. They don't have that. But you know what we started to notice? that we have a poverty that they don't know anything about. Our poverty of loneliness and isolation in this country would make them ball their eyes out. I'm looking at bringing some interns over here to partner with us in ministry. And my wife, she said, we've got to bring three or four because if we brought just one Kenyan intern, they would see the isolation and loneliness that exists in our country and they would say, you are poor people. 
It is the vehicle of the church that answers our greatest poverty need, no matter what culture you're in. And we have a culture of loneliness. And you don't want to be a part of a small group because you don't want accountability. Sometimes you don't want to be a part of a small group and you're lonely because you want to be lonely. But how's that working for you? Dear friends, I love you. And I love you enough to say that you need to be a part of the community because it's, our, it's, it's at the origin of our story. At the very beginning of the church, when the Holy Spirit is poured out on God's people and acts, the Holy Spirit comes and 3,000 people are baptized. And in that moment, there was, no, there was no building big enough for that church. So it says the description of the church was they met and gathered in each other's homes and they, they broke bread together in homes. We're not doing something new. We're doing something beautiful and old. So try it. It's only 10 weeks. If you don't like it, just don't go back to that one next time. Okay? <laughs> no, really. Try it. We want unity in small groups. The next thing we want is we want unity in strategy. We want unity in strategy. There are some things that we are doing at this church and they are nothing more than tactics and strategies. Jesus never changes. His love never changes. The way to heaven never changes. Tactics and strategy change every five seconds. Get used to it. Because we will do anything we can with, in the realms of what is moral and legal to reach people for Jesus Christ. Tactics and strategies change. We have some strategies right now. And if we have unity in our strategy, God will bless it. We want unity in our strategy. One of our strategies is to love the people in this community. Our team got together and they decided to not do some things this fall. We canceled some things at church so that we would have margin to do something that served people locally. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but there are many people who attend here that serve very regularly at Metropolitan Ministries. Metropolitan Ministries is an incredible parachurch organization right in our community. We give to them monthly. We support them as dear friends. Some of the things they do, 24-hour resident service staff, three hot meals daily, case management, GED and adult education help, counseling, financial wellness counseling, housing assistance, employment training, after school programming. Metropolitan Ministries is doing an incredible work and they're expanding. They've got a major facility in Pasco County on, on 19. And this year, their biggest initiative is they set up a tent and they allow people to come and shop for goods in this tent. It used to be in an old uh, Methodist church that was there. They outgrew the church. Now they come shopping in this tent. They have no room for the tent. And so we're going to put this tent, the largest tent they've ever put up, right here on our property behind the sanctuary. And we're going to have an opportunity to fill boxes of hope. We're going to put hope in boxes, which is food for families. Thousands and thousands of families are going to be fed through this initiative. And we're going to get an opportunity to serve right here. And... Um, it's when you serve people, it's just going to be inconvenient because that means we're all going to park in the grass because there's we're taking up the parking lot. It's gone. There's refrigeration units coming. There's forklifts coming. There's offices coming. They're putting a city on our campus to serve Pasco. But that means when those families arrive and they need something and there's fear and there's anxiety and maybe there's a little bit of just not wanting to be seen by certain people or shame even. They don't want to ask, but we get, to, we get to treat them with dignity. We get to let their kids play in a splash pad and on a beautiful new playground. And we're going to have staff members and volunteers like you to stand here and just say, hey, how else can we love you? How Can we just know you? 
And you don't have to believe in our God for us to love you and tell you that you belong here. Jesus was very clear. The gospel would start in Jerusalem, the place where you live. Then it would go to Judea, just a little ways around you. And then it would go to the ends of the earth. We are going to the ends of the earth. But we're also doing some things that happen right here on our campus. I got a picture of me praying with the soccer team from Trinity Christian College this week. They're out there practicing on uh, the new turf field, which we just opened up. And I thought they were from the college. I said, hey, boys, come here. And I got to pray with these kids that are practicing on this really sweet, awesome practice field that they didn't have before. I got some drone pictures of a Pop Warner team here that's kind of in our neighborhood. They're called the Trinity Mustangs. And we are the home field of these Trinity Mustangs. I'm going to tell you, when I was in third grade, I did not play in a field like that, okay? These families are like, this is amazing. This is so cool. This is so awesome. I can't believe that a church is doing this. Well, because instead of demanding that people come here at nine o'clock and 11 o'clock and worship the way we want, we're just meeting them where they are and serving them. And in so doing, we're gaining the right to say, hey, you know that we believe in Jesus. Because there is a lot of people in your life that don't care about what you believe in until you serve them. And this is the example of our Jesus. Our CrossFit head coach told me of one story of someone who's come to CrossFit. That's just a gym that we have out here in an old student building. It's one of our strategies. I'm, ask, I'm saying, let's have, let's have unity in strategy. This is one of our strategies. This person was not looking for Jesus. People who look for Jesus, find him. Jesus is not lost, okay? If you're looking for him, you'll find him. He's not hiding we're looking for people who are not looking for them. This person came to CrossFit and they, they said recently, the thought of going to a church was never gonna happen. I was afraid to go to church. Way too much anxiety. And the person said this to our Laurel, our head CrossFit coach. This young person said, I started to think of all the faces that I would see when I went to church that would be smiling at me that I know. And it suddenly what became a fear of mine has become a reality. And this young person is going to be in a, a small group this fall when we do 40 days on prayer. Do you think their life is going to be changed? Hey church, when we go to Kenya and we sponsor children and we give money to build a new school, it's the holy work of Jesus. And when we start a gym across the property here, and we tell people they can come and work out or play soccer or go to a school and we serve them, it's also equally the holy work of Jesus. It is the strategy of this church and it's making an impact in this community and we're asking for unity. Because when God calls something holy, which is his people living in community with other people, don't say that it's not holy, it's holy. And Maybe you've come on this campus and you come to church here, you go to a small group and you're like, oh, that's cool. The church is doing a thing there. No, you are the church and you are doing a thing there. And there's places for you to show up and serve. And so many of you are doing it and it's beautiful and it works. It works in Jerusalem, Trinity. It works in Judea, our region, like Metropolitan Ministries. And it works to the ends of the earth, even Kenya. This church is just doing what Jesus said. Go into all the world and tell people 
that I am the Lord of all. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teach them to obey that all I've commanded. That happens with unity in small groups. That happens with unity in our strategy. And the final thing I want to call us to is unity in heart. Unity in groups, unity in strategy, and unity in our hearts. You know, this passage, it simply talks about how beautiful it is when we dwell together in unity. I just want to read the whole thing top to bottom for you. Three verses. It says this. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil being poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, the church. It's like the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. And it ends this way. I'm going to read from the ESV. I'm going to switch translations. ESV. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. There's a commandment of blessing from the Lord. Now, he, this just for you personally. I mean, today is a day of celebration. It's a fall launch. We're diving in next week to 40 days of prayer. It's the kickoff sermon. Two weeks to get in your groups, get your books. It's, that's what today is. It's a day of celebration for what God has done and just recognizing it and it getting us all circled up. A day of unity. But for you, this verse is a big deal. Maybe God has given this to you this week because you need it in your life. See, some of us, we're really busy working on, I want blessing. I want my sales team to have blessing. I want my family to have blessing. I want my kids to have blessing. I want my marriage to have blessing. And you're working for blessing. No, six months ago, I stopped working for blessing. I want you to know that because of this verse. You know what I started working on? Unity. I started working on unity because my job is not to work on blessing. God commands blessing. He doesn't suggest it. He doesn't hope it. God commands blessing. Where? He commands blessing where unity among believers is. So my job, your job, your opportunity is to work on unity. You know what happens when you work on unity? You got to find disunity and address it. You don't go to war with disunity because God's word says we do not have war against flesh and blood. We have war against principalities and darkness. We're not at war with any person. In your life, you're not at war with people, but you are at war with forces. And the way that we go to war as Christians is we serve, we love, we forgive, we have patience, we have long suffering. That's how we go to war as Christians, tenderly, the way a, a good shepherd does, asking and looking for reconciliation. When we work on unity, God commands the blessing. I've got to give you a praise report. Our staff has been praising God. I will not let our staff praise God and not let the church praise God. God has commanded a blessing on our church and we've received it. We've received the blessing. See, in the kingdom of heaven, there is a currency. That currency is people. People matter. People are valuable. People are treasure in the kingdom of heaven. And we have received a commanded blessing of treasure, kingdom treasure at this church. Over the last three weeks, God has put people into service places. God has put people into jobs. God has commissioned people and called people from this place to come and work in this place. We stopped our office two weeks ago on a Thursday and said, stop it. We're just going to praise God right now. 
We're going to list the, the treasures God has commanded. And we just started to go through and name names and say, that person is a treasure, and that person is a treasure, and that person is a treasure, because God has commanded it, because we are striving for unity, and He is commanding a blessing, and people are the sweetest blessing He can rain down. He has done it. But we live also in man's world. See, God has given Satan dominion and control for a season here. He's like, you know what? You are the little case G God of this land. But the big G, God the Father, God of the Spirit, God who had a son who left glory to come for us, that God has a kingdom. There are gateways in the kingdom of God. There are no doorways because people come and go freely in his kingdom. It's a kingdom of freedom. Hell, however, the kingdom of darkness, it actually has gates. We know that because in the New Testament, John writes that the kingdom of God advances on the kingdom of hell and the gates of hell will not stop the kingdom of God from going. So maybe you look at the strategies that our church has and you're just at a place of despair. Do you know what's happening in our country? And do you know what's happening in our nation? Do you know what's happening in schools? You, stop listening to the news and start reading the word of God. God's people are advancing. And it's fun. It's hard. It's, it's been, guys, it's been hard preaching this message for six months. It's been hard. But God is good and he has already commanded a portion of blessing in beautiful people that are doing the work. And get this, it is not too late for you. It is not too late for you to put your heart here. Your whole heart here. Be in a group. Be about the strategies we're doing. We need people to come like, do you know how much trash? Do you know how much trash is on this property? When you, when you have 4,000 people show up on a Saturday and 2,000 people show up on a Thursday, we, we have quadrupled the trash, just the trash. There are places to serve and coffee shops that need someone walking around intentionally, like loving on people. And there's room for you. And you're like, you don't understand. My gifts are different and I'm weird. We know. We know you're weird. We're weird. There's a place for you to serve. You walk up to me today and say, well, where am I supposed to serve here? My answer is going to be like, I don't know. I don't. I don't personally know how to put every single person online and in this congregation and first service at work in the kingdom of God. You know what I'm doing? I'm counting on the spirit of the living God to place you. You know what the road is? It's 40 days of prayer. You cry out to God for 40 days. God's not going to get at the end of it and be like, well, I just couldn't find a place for you. You know, HR, you know. We know every lid has a pot, but you, you're a weird lid. It's not going to happen. He's going to call you to a place. You know what it might be? It might be the last place he called you that you decided you didn't want to do that thing. And your relationship isn't going to move farther, faster until you're obedient to the last thing he called you to. That just might be where you're at. He'll get you there. He'll get you there. So we want you to put your whole heart here. And I want to speak very specifically what that, what that comes down to. Jesus says that this, here's the words of Jesus. In Matthew chapter six, Jesus says, where your treasure is, your heart's there too. My wife and I, five years at this church, my family, Jen and I, we are all in. We're all in, obediently. So what we do, I'm gonna make it public. I'm gonna make my giving public because I lead and there should be transparency and leadership. 
So what we do is we look at everything that God gives us, every resource we get to support our family and raise our five boys. And then we say this, God, we're gonna give you the first piece of it because you command us to do so. I believe you're so real, I'm gonna obey you. That's how real I believe you are. And so before we pay any bill, we give, we give 10% immediately before we pay the government bill. I want blessed on the gross, not the net. So I, that's how I do it. What do you want blessed on? Do you want blessed on a tip or do you want blessed on obedient tithe? We give, and then we decided to give more than that. Every year, we just give more. Be, and we give to other organizations. We, we give to organizations that are doing good work throughout this world that God puts on our heart. And we're like, we believe in what you're doing, we give. That's not a tithe. That's an offering from God's people for God's work and we're blessed to do it. Our tithe goes to this church so that we can do it. And people walk on this campus and they're like, I see all these buildings and all this stuff you're doing. Looks like you guys don't need it. That has nothing to do with my personal obedience. We want unity in groups, unity in strategy and unity in heart. And Jesus describes heart is what you give. That's how Jesus describes it. It's not too late for you to start to put your heart here. And guys, straight up, I'm so excited. I'm so excited because God is doing amazing things in this community. And we get to be a part of it. My family gets to be a part of this. We're blessed to get to be a part of what God is doing. The strategy of this church is not the vision of our elders. It's not the vision that is mine. It is ours. If you're like, well, our church is doing it. No, you're doing it. I think that for, for too long, maybe some of the things we've been doing as strategies have just been considered by the larger body here, just pet projects and we'll see if they work. I'm asking for unity today. We're not gonna do six weeks on this. We're gonna do one sermon, one Sunday. And we're just gonna say, God's word simply says this. If you have unity, I will command a blessing. That's gonna push us. You can have control or you can have kingdom growth. You cannot have both. You're like, that's a little chaotic here. Yeah, that's what the spirit does. Imagine having a church with zero people in it and 20 minutes later, 3,000 people baptized in the name of Jesus. Someone walked up and said, what's your plan for discipleship? Peter was like, please. How about the spirit of the living God? Is that a great plan? There's a great plan for discipleship. The spirit of the living God. And all of us getting into his word and saying, what can you do? That means that instead of being in a holy huddle sometimes on Sunday and demanding that people come here at 11 o'clock, we get out of this room and we just go out and serve them where they are. So we're going to do that. We saved three minutes in this service. <laughs> About 10 months ago, we took a walk around the property and uh, we prayed over some buildings that were just blocks. And here we are 10 months later and yeah, we're doing things with Metro in this community. Yeah, we're doing things in Kenya and other partners around the world. But God's also doing a thing right here and we want the church to know about it. We're gonna take a little, as we dismiss today, we're gonna take a little walk. The children's people, they're ready to keep your kids fully entertained for 10 more minutes. They can handle it. We've got a brand new Amazing Explorers Academy out here that's loving kids and you need to see it. It is amazing. And we're gonna let you walk out these doors in two seconds and just walk and see that. I'm gonna ask that you pray. What's our strategy for ministry in those buildings? You, you are the strategy. Your prayers are the strategy. You we should have schools on this campus that have the most volunteers of any school in the nation. Like, why not? Volunteer here. 
We've got staff members in all these places. There's soccer happening today on the field. There's gyms over there. There's a brand new coffee shop. Incredible things that are happening. We want you to go and see it. You're going to walk by the splash pad that's on. You're going to see the playground that's on pallets that's coming maybe this week. Pray about that. Come on, let's put it in. These are tools to reach people. They're man's tools used with man's money to make an eternal kingdom investment and kingdom treasure, which are people. Be a part of it. Let's celebrate it today. Lord Jesus, I ask that as we walk across this campus, you will, by your spirit right now, just tell people, I could help with that. I could do that. I'm gonna talk to a staff member about that. I could volunteer there. I could come and do this. Hey, they need this. Miraculously put your people onto the job so that we can just serve this community, so we can earn a right to say to them, can we talk to you about Jesus? It's in your name we pray. And thank you today for that Jesus. Unity Church, unity in strategy, unity in groups, and unity of heart. You're dismissed. These two doors.